Hi, and welcome to the Get Real About Safety podcast, where we discuss the new view of safety, what works, what doesn't work, to help you break down old paradigms to help you improve safety performance in your organization. Hi, I'm Mike McCarroll. Hope everybody's been doing good. This whole COVID-19 thing has been quite a challenge for everybody. Here at ProSafe, it's certainly been a challenge for us. We've uh, pretty much been doing a little bit of nothing, to be quite honest with you. Right after the uh, pandemic hit, uh, almost all of our customer flow shut down. Now, it's starting to come back a little bit. We are doing some training. Uh, All of that training is being done virtually. And um, so it's not the best kind of training, but it's all we got for the time being. So today's podcast is a little bit short, but I think it's really important. This is a podcast about performance modes. And to really understand any event and also to help understand behavior of workers out in the workplace, it's really important to understand performance modes. So what we're going to be talking about is a thing called the Generic Error Model, or GEMS, and that was developed by Dr. Jens Rasmussen back in 1982. So let's kind of jump into it. The thing about performance modes is that all of our workers are working in one of three modes at any particular given time. And in fact, so are we. So understanding performance modes helps us understand the types of errors that occur. And it also helps us to be able to create better defenses based on those performance modes. I'll tell you that some of the human performance tools or the error reduction tools that can be used are really oftentimes based on the performance mode that someone was in at the time of an event. So there are three different performance modes we've got to be concerned with. One is called a skill-based mode. Another is a rule-based mode. And the other is knowledge-based mode. What does that mean? Skill-based mode has the lowest rate of errors, and in fact, the error rate in a skill-based mode is about 1 in 10,000. So in other words, about 1 in 10,000 times people make an error. So they don't make a lot of errors, but when they do make an error, the type of error is either inattention or complacency. Now, in other words, think about this just a minute. When someone is in a skill-based mode, they don't have to think about what they're doing. This is usually a redundant task. Uh, Oftentimes it's a monotonous task. People are doing the same thing all day, every day, and quite frankly, it gets boring. It gets a little bit monotonous. And when people are in a skill-based mode, they're kind of just on autopilot. They are not thinking about what they're doing. In fact, in a skill-based mode, it's not possible for a person to pay attention every second, every minute of every day. They can't do that any more than they could lift a 10,000-pound weight physically. It's just simply not the way that the human brain works. And so in a skill-based mode, think about some of the tasks that your workers have when they're in a skill-based mode. Maybe it's somebody working on a table saw all day. Maybe it is an electrician installing the same kind of components day in and day out. Maybe it's a person working on an assembly line, working with the same parts, assembling those parts day in, day out. And if you think about it, somebody making a widget on an assembly line like that 
it's the same old widget going along all day, every day. Not very exciting, huh? And so what happens is the brain drifts. The mind drifts. People become complacent, and they do lose attention. Now, there are certain tools that can be used to help raise attention levels, and there are techniques that can be done to help raise attention levels at critical junctures in the work as well, and we may talk about a couple of those. But just keep in mind that in a skill-based mode, it means that they're skilled at what they're doing, they do it all the time, and in that mode, the chance of somebody losing attention or getting complacent uh, can be relatively uh, high. The next mode that people work in is called a rule-based mode. And in a rule-based mode, people misinterpret things. They misinterpret rules. They misinterpret regulations. They misinterpret specifications. They may misinterpret a drawing. They may misinterpret work instruction. And the error rate is significantly higher in uh, the rule-based mode. Uh, it's one in a thousand. So think about this just a minute. We've gone from a skill-based mode to a rule-based mode where it is a 10-time increase in error rate. We've gone from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 1,000. So think about the rule-based mode just a minute. Regulations are subject to interpretation. Company rules are subject to interpretation. People see them differently. They interpret them differently. And so somebody may misapply regulation or misapply a rule. Let's just take OSHA regulations, for example. OSHA regulations were not written to be understandable. They're written to be legally enforceable. And so they're written with government speak and legalese, and they're not designed to be understandable to the lay person out there. If you think about it, OSHA has to write letters of interpretation to interpret their own standards, even for their own compliance officers, because sometimes they are just very confusing. And, uh, you know, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes even the letters of interpretation are confusing. I remember a while back some letters of interpretation came out about tying off in a boom lift. And so the standard initially was fairly clear, but... People interpreted it different ways, so they came out with a letter of interpretation. And when you read that letter of interpretation, it was so confusing that you had to have another letter of interpretation to interpret what that letter was even saying. So is it any wonder that workers sometimes misinterpret things? They may misinterpret the intent of a procedure. People may also misinterpret work instruction, and this happens a lot. Oftentimes, out in the workplace, people can misinterpret work instruction because the sender of the message is using terminology that may not be familiar to a new employee. They might be trying to impress somebody with all their vast knowledge and using words about this long to try to impress others, and that person walks away and don't have a clue what they were even talking about. Think about this. You have a brand new employee. That employee worked in McDonald's restaurant yesterday, and now they're in a complicated plant or construction environment, and they don't have a clue. People are using all kinds of language that maybe they're not familiar with, and that person just simply misinterprets that work instruction. 
I tell you, misinterpretation leads to lots and lots and lots of accidents. People may misinterpret things like uh, letters of the alphabet. You know, one of the tools, and I don't get too much into tools, but one of the tools is called phonetic alphabet. If you've got, for example, four cranes lifting a load in tandem, and you have crane A, B, C, and D over the radio and with interference that may occur, it's very easy to misinterpret crane B and crane D. And so something like a phonetic alphabet can help to clarify that. So we'll talk a little bit more about some clarification. But, you know, the bottom line is, in a rule-based mode, how you deal with that is tools that clarify instruction or that clarify uh, regulations or company rules or what have you. The highest rate of error, though, occurs in what's called a knowledge-based mode. What does that mean? Knowledge-based mode means they are not skilled. They are not trained. Maybe they don't have a point of reference. And it's not a matter of whether that person is paying attention. In fact, they are very much paying attention. They just don't know what to do. And so the error rate in a knowledge-based mode is extremely high. The error rate in a knowledge-based mode is anywhere from 1 in 2 to 1 in 10. 1 in 2 to 1 in 10. Now think about that just a minute. The error rate is completely out the roof, and this is where most accidents happen. It could be a new technique that's not been used before. It could be some new piece of equipment. It could be some new software. And what happens is that person, because they don't have the point of reference or they don't have the training, the error rate is really, really high. Now, where it becomes a real problem is oftentimes in organizations where there is fear for a employee to bring up the fact that they don't know how to do something, that's a real problem. And so they're in a knowledge-based mode, the error rate is extremely high, and the likelihood of them having an accident is pretty doggone high. So why is all of this important? Your employees are working in one of these modes, and it's important for us as supervisors, as leaders, as safety professionals, to know what mode is that person in. You want your supervisors to know if they're getting ready to assign somebody to do a job, what mode are they in currently, do they currently work in, and what mode am I getting ready to put that person in. Because here's what happens, and this happens every day out in the workplace, folks. It's very easy to take someone who's in a skill-based mode and say, hey, I need you to run over here and do this and we assign them to a task where they are now in a knowledge-based mode. And then they have an accident. And it's very easy to blame the worker and say, well, they should have known better, or I thought that person knew how to do that job. But what we actually did is set them up for failure. We took that person out of his skill-based mode, which has an error rate of 1 in 10,000, and we put them in an error rate of 1 in 10 to 1 in 2 in a knowledge-based mode. It's not a worker issue. It's an issue of us not understanding performance modes, assigning people to do things that maybe they don't know what to do. Or, you know, the other part of it is if somebody's in a skill-based mode and they make an error, it's easy to say, well, they weren't paying attention. Well, of course they weren't. If they're in a skill-based mode, they are getting complacent. 
if they're in a skill-based mode, they are losing attention. So we have a duty to be able to recognize those sort of things and use certain things that can, certain tools or things that can, uh, or techniques that can raise attention levels during critical junctures of the work. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, some of the tools that can be used just briefly. We are going to do a podcast down the road specifically on HP tools. But in a knowledge-based mode, the kind of tools that you use are training, mentoring, coaching, maybe pairing somebody up with somebody that is skilled. So if, as a supervisor, we have someone who's in a skill-based mode and we're going to put them in a knowledge-based mode, we may need to be able to say, listen, let me get you some training. Uh, let me pair you up with Bill over here who's skilled at doing that. Or let's mentor you or let's coach you to help you until you become skilled at this particular task. Without doing that, though, we are risking that person making an error big time. In a rule-based mode, it requires clarification. And one of the best tools for clarification is a tool called three-way communication. Three-way communication is where a supervisor has the worker or group of workers to repeat back the work instruction. If there is any loss of detail, they say, no, let me clarify that again, and they tell them again. Once they're assured, then they have to repeat it back again, by the way. Once they're assured that that person or persons understands, then they acknowledge that. If those people are required to pass that information down the line to other workers, they do the same thing all the way down the line. It is a wonderful clarification tool. Uh, you know, another tool is just pre-work briefings, just making sure that everybody's on the same sheet of music and then verifying that by using three-way communication. Now, in a skill-based mode, though, it requires, uh, it requires raising attention levels. And so let me give you a couple of little tools there. One of the tools that can be used is called STAR. And quite frankly, when I first heard about STAR, I thought that was kind of hokey. But uh, I use it in life today, and I'll tell you, it works very, very well. It actually comes out of the nuclear industry. If you read any of the DOE documents, they talk a lot about this tool, STAR. But what it is is to make sure that somebody doesn't pull the wrong lever, uh, turn the wrong dial, push the wrong button when they're operating a control panel or different types of equipment, especially if they're doing that all day, every day, and they can become complacent, they can lose attention. So STAR stands for this. It stands for Stop, Think, Act, and Review. Stop, Think, Act, and Review. Now, we've got clients that actually have stars on their hard hats, or they have stars posted around the work site uh, to remind their workers to do this. And you do have to remind them to use these tools. But after a while, once they use them and they see how they work, it just kind of becomes part of the way that they're working. Now, the downside of any of these HP tools is it's dependent on the people actually using the tools. And so they are not the optimal defense. They are kind of the last line of defense. That's why you have to have other defenses in place. But it's a personal uh, self-check tool for people to personally work on reducing errors. Uh, I'll tell you, when I first heard about this, 
I uh, decided I would try this because oftentimes I would go to the grocery store and um, come back with everything except the things that I went for. And at first I decided, well, my consequence control tool was going to be a shopping list. But I started noticing that if I was in a rush or in a hurry, sometimes I would forget the dadgum shopping list. So I decided I'm going to try this star tool and just see if it works. So now here's what I try to do. And by the way, this is when this tool should be used. It's when people are feeling under pressure or they're rushed uh, or it's just a skill-based thing where they can lose attention. What I do now is when I'm getting ready to go to the store and I'm getting emails, I'm getting calls, or I'm just kind of got a lot of stuff on my mind, is I try to just catch myself and go, stop. What am I doing? I'm going to the store. What do I need? I need my shopping list. Do I have my shopping list? Yes, I do. I will tell you that that has almost completely eliminated those errors. Very simple tool, but it works very, very well. Uh, another tool, and we'll, again, we'll talk more about tools later on, is there's another tool that it's called 202020. And that tool requires workers to every 20 minutes take 20 seconds to look 20 feet around. And it's just a situational awareness tool to get workers used to looking around. Do we have forklift traffic in the area? Uh, are there housekeeping trip hazards maybe that have accumulated that could cause an accident. It just helps them to gain situational awareness. Now, when it comes to performance modes, I would really encourage you very much, if you're doing any kind of uh, uh, incident analysis or especially event learning, it is really critical to understand these modes and consider the, the performance modes. In other words, if it appears that during the event learning that someone had lost attention or they just became complacent, well, let's look into the performance mode. Were they in a skill-based mode? If they were, that is very likely. Just how monotonous, how redundant is that particular job? What can we do to break that up? Uh, do we need to have more frequent breaks? Do we need to have someone coming around every now and then and talking to them, coaching them, uh, which would have a tendency to kind of wake people up at different uh, points in the work? There are all kinds of skill-based things, uh, automatic shutoffs, automation. If you look at down the side of a highway, for example, the rumble strips on the side of the road, those are actually a human performance error reduction tool. Because when we're driving down the road, we are in a skill-based mode. We probably are not paying attention to the level that we should be paying attention and so it's there so that if somebody's sleepy or they just kind of drift off the road, it kind of shakes them and it wakes them up. So skill-based mode requires attention-raising techniques. And again, in a rule-based mode, uh, when people have to memorize rules or policies or procedures or work instruction, they're very likely to forget things. And they are very likely to misinterpret things. So, again, three-way communication, uh, things like pre-work briefings, things like checklists. Checklists are great. Checklists help people to not forget things. You know, if you really think about this, why does a pilot do a pre-flight checklist and they do it with integrity every single time before they take that plane off? And it's because they don't forget things. 
There are lots of things to have to look at on a plane on a pre-flight checklist. If they were simply relying on memory, then we probably would have a whole lot more plane crashes. But by going by that checklist step by step by step and not omitting steps on that checklist and maybe even have some procedures in place where we don't omit procedures uh, or steps in a procedure. And there's tools for that too that we'll talk about later. So by understanding performance modes, it helps us to respond a whole lot better to how error occurs, how incidents occur, and how to design better defenses. Again, when you think about the defenses that need to be designed, if somebody is in a skill-based mode, then the defenses need to be designed around that. Asking someone who's in a skill-based mode to pay more attention is probably not going to be very effective. So what can we do to ensure that their attention levels are raised? Uh, if someone is in a knowledge-based mode and the defense is to ask people to pay more attention, well, that is completely ineffective. They are paying attention. They're paying full attention. They just don't know what to do. So we have to close that knowledge gap through the training or the mentoring or the coaching arrangement that we talked about a little bit earlier. So that's it for today. This is a pretty short one. Performance modes are really, really, um, they're important. And again, you want your supervisors, if you're moving into human performance, you want your supervisors to know performance modes. You want your event learning teams, or at least the facilitators, to understand performance modes. You want your management to understand performance modes. Understanding these three performance modes opens up a whole new world of understanding about what's going on with the workers. So that's it for today. A little bit short. Thank you very much for watching. And uh, please subscribe. And uh, thank you again. And go out there and save a life. Take care. See you next time. <music>